0: real news welcome everyone to the tori Sess show i'm your host tori so today is june 3rd 2020 and it's pretty insane right for a hump day um Uh, We're all still mostly on lockdown. There's a lot of nefarious things going on. Uh, Today in the first hour, we're going to recap of what's going on, how it's going on, and how this is going to lead to the article I wrote just before all these big riots happened. And that is declaring George Soros as the enemy of the state. And this is why we're allowing hmm, the states to do what they're supposed to do, and that's protect their constituents. People don't want Trump going in with the army. All right, then, then you do it yourself. National guard is at the call of every state. Their boss is actually the state first, not the federal government. Let's be clear on that it's national guard of the state, right? That's how they deploy them to other nations. That's how they determine the allegiance or wait a minute. I don't want to say allegiance because I'm super over I guess. This is how we determine their sister cities of support, right? Kind of like, you know, how California's National Guard has vowed to help Ukraine, even though they were there causing riots between Ukrainians, like a little mini civil war, uh, you know, when they were throwing things up in the air and their hands in the air. Just like they don't care. And that's the bottom line. They don't care about you. They don't care if you live. They don't care if you die. They don't care if you have food to eat. And they really don't care if your small business isn't covered by insurance and you lose everything. In the end, the only thing they care about is power. Now, we're going to talk about Antifa. And Antifa embodies Black Lives Matter. They're the same thing. They're all funded by the same person. And I'm going to demonstrate that. In the second hour, we're going to have a guest. The guest is Cyrus Parsa from the AI organization. Here we're going to talk with him. Anything AI. I mean, it's pretty interesting. He's going to talk to me about AI. And I'm AI. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Going to be fun. So that's in the second hour. So where do we start today? We got a lot going on. Like a lot going on. Uh, you know, you sh- I think maybe we should start with um, Defense Secretary Mark Esper and the first five minutes of his little speech today talking about what happened, when it happened, and who it happened. Just take a listen.
1: Were you surprised that a medical helicopter from the D.C. National Guard was used to intimidate people who were peacefully assembling? And then secondly, as this goes on, you've asked the Secretary of the Army to look into this, um, who tasked the helicopter. Was the helicopter under the authority of the Department of Justice? Is that why there's this kind of murkiness about how the helicopter was tasked, how a medical helicopter was used in an aggressive form?
2: Yeah, so those are some of the details we have to tease out in terms of, you know, who directed it, what was request, was at the request of law enforcement? Uh, you made a statement that it was to intimidate protesters. I got a report back that they were asked by law enforcement to, to, uh, to, to look at uh, a checkpoint, a National Guard checkpoint, to see if there were protesters around so there's conflicting reports i don't want to add to that i think we need to let the army conduct its inquiry and then get back and see what the facts actually are
0: okay so now you know they have problems with intimidation this is this is a ongoing theme because this is toward the end where they were asking questions but there are parts Against where they're themselves. like hold on where they're like talking uh, and, you know, Secretary Esper's like the National Guard is wearing all this stuff to protect themselves, to protect themselves. That's why they're wearing it. And this is what's going on. Listen to the first five minutes of his opening, because it's really important because you're going to understand, you know, in the end, like I said the other day, what's to happen? What is going to happen when mayors and governors and police officers, and then your police chief, like the other, no, not sending officers to protect your businesses. and you? So then why am I paying taxes for you to do that? So what happens when they're not doing it, right? When they're not doing their job, what happens, right? <laughs> We've got domestic terrorists on the loose. What happens? That's the question we should be asking. Well, let's take a listen to what Defense Secretary Mark Esper had to say about these events from the Pentagon this morning.
2: To be held accountable for his murder. It is a tragedy that we have seen repeat itself too many times with great sympathy. I want to extend the deepest of condolences to the family and friends of George Floyd from me and the department. Racism is real in America and we must all do our very best to recognize it, to confront it, and to eradicate it. I've always been proud to be a member of an institution, the United States military, that embraces diversity and inclusion, and prohibits hate and discrimination in all forms. More often than not, we have led on these issues, and while we still have much to do on this front, Leaders across DOD and the services take this responsibility seriously and we are determined to make a difference. Every member of this department has sworn an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. I've taken this oath many times, beginning at the age of 18 when I entered West Point. The rights that are embedded in this great document begin with the First Amendment, which guarantees the five freedoms of speech religion, press, assembly, and the right to petition the government. The United States military is sworn to defend these and all other rights, and we encourage Americans at all times to exercise them peacefully. It is these rights and freedoms that make our country so special, and it is these rights and freedoms that American service members are willing to fight and die for At times, however, the United States military is asked, in support of governors and law enforcement, to help maintain law and order so that other Americans can exercise their rights free from violence against themselves or their property. That is what thousands of guardsmen are doing today in cities across America. It is not something we seek to do, but it is our duty, and we do it with the utmost skill and professionalism. I was reminded of that Monday as I visited our National Guardsmen who were on duty Monday night protecting our most hallowed grounds and monuments. I'm very proud of the men and women of the National Guard who are out on the streets today performing this important task and in many ways at the risk of their own welfare. I've always believed and continue to believe that the National Guard is best suited for performing domestic support to civil authorities in these situations in support of local law enforcement. I say this not only as Secretary of Defense, but also as a former soldier and a former member of the National Guard. The option to use active duty forces in a law enforcement role should only be used as a matter of last resort and only in the most urgent and dire of situations. We are not in one of those situations now. I do not support invoking the Insurrection Act. Last night, a story came out based on a background interview I did earlier in the day. It focused on the events last Monday evening in Lafayette Park, and I found it to be inaccurate in parts. So I want to state very clearly for all to hear my account of what happened that Monday afternoon. I did know that following the president's remarks on Monday evening, that many of us were going to join President Trump and review the damage in Lafayette Park and at St. John's Episcopal Church. What I was not aware of was exactly where we were going when we, when we arrived at the church and what the plans were once we got there. It was also my aim and General Milley's to meet with and thank the members of the National Guard who were on duty that evening in the park. It is something the president likes to do as well. The path we took to and from the church didn't afford us that opportunity, but I was able to spend a considerable amount of time with our guardsmen later that evening as I moved around the city to many of the locations at which they were posted. I also want to address a few other matters that have been raised about that evening. First, National Guard forces did not fire rubber bullets or tear gas into the crowd as reported. Second, guardsmen were instructed to wear helmets and personal protective equipment for their own protection, not to serve as some form of intimidation. Third. Military leaders, including the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, were wearing field uniforms because that is the appropriate uniform when working in a command center and meeting with troops in the streets. Fourth, it wasn't until yesterday afternoon that we determined it was a National Guard helicopter that hovered low over a city block in D.C. Within an hour or so of learning of this, I directed the Secretary of the Army to conduct an inquiry to determine what happened and why, and to report back to me. Now, y'all have been very generous with your time so let me wrap up by stating again how very proud i am of our men and women in uniform the national guard over the short span of several months has gone from tackling natural disasters such as floods to combating the coronavirus across the country to now dealing with civil unrest in support of law enforcement on the streets of america all while many of their fellow guardsmen are deployed abroad defending against america's real adversaries most importantly i want to assure all of you and all Americans that the Department of Defense, the armed services, our uniformed leaders, our civilian leaders, and I take seriously our oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States and to safeguard those very rights contained in that that document we cherish so dearly. This is a tough time for our great country these days, but we will get through it. My hope is that instead of the violence in the streets, we will see peaceful demonstrations that honor George Floyd, that press for accountability for his murder, that move us to reflect about racism in America, and that serve as a call to action for us to come together and to address this problem once and for all. This is the America your military represents. This is the America we aspire to be. And this is the America that we're committed to defending with our lives. Thank you. We'll
0: go to the phones. So fake news said that they shot out rubber bullets and tear gas. It was all proven false, right? And we see here that the army, the military, not just the army, Air Force, Navy, they're all ready to go, all ready to go the minute they ask, right? Because we have to wait and ask That's the way it is. Right. Ask us to come in because de Blasio said he didn't want any. Listen to this.
3: One story that is continuing to alarm citizens around the country. The mysterious appearance. Get this pile of bricks literally being stationed near the sites where these protests and riots ultimately become. They're staging it. Joining us now to report on that disturbing story. He's in our West Coast Bureau tonight, our chief breaking news correspondent, Trace Gallagher. So they're literally staging weapons in a, that they're going to use that evening to throw the bricks at the cops' trace? Is that the, how we interpret that? Because that's, that's what it belie- looks like.
4: Yeah, that's the belief, shot. I mean, you have these piles of bricks and rocks showing up, as you said, near the various protest sites in cities like New York, Kansas City, Dallas, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and none of the sites are near construction areas, leaving many to assume the bricks were planted by outside agitators specifically to stir up trouble. In fact, the New York Police Department says it has evidence that anarchist groups were pushing the protest toward violence and vandalism. Federal law enforcement officials say the violence points to far left groups like Antifa. Others say far right groups might also be involved. And many of the looters don't need to be supplied with bricks and rocks because they show up with their own tools in hand, well prepared to destroy property. Police in Minneapolis also found caches of stolen vehicles and incendiary devices in areas where numerous fires have broken out. And in Baltimore, there's evidence of double danger. Police have been sweeping the downtown area after, get this, finding both bricks and bottles with potential accelerants already inside them. But instead of being left out in the open piles, these potential weapons are kind of being hidden in small areas, though it's unclear if they are associated with the protests or groups on either side of the spectrum.
0: And these protesters and these groups, right, are finding these through using UV lights and writing on the floor. Now, I am going to be tweeting out uh, during the commercial break some documentation that we've actually been able to obtain because we've penetrated their movement. Ocasio-Cortez should be terrified. De Blasio should be terrified, Mayor Beetlejuice should be terrified, right? They should all be terrified. Their kids are part of Antifa. Keith Ellison should be very terrified. Very. Because we have it all. We have everything. Some people did something. Who said that? Who said that? Police officers in New York. Getting doused with buckets of water, run over their cars, being torched. Yet de Blasio says he has it under control. He says he doesn't need the president of the United States to come in. He made a call out there saying, please don't don't do any more of these protests because we don't want President Trump to bring in people. This is what he had to say. Listen to Andrew Cuomo Just a few days ago.
5: We need to mobilize the best in our people rather than allowing the worst. But don't lose the passion. Don't lose the outrage. Be frustrated. But be smart and be directed. Yeah,
0: listen to the handlers. Kind of like yesterday, I tweeted out how they're targeting businesses. They are targeting businesses uh, that are um, pro-conservative values, anti-BS protesting, because it's not really protesting, is it? This isn't about a protest, guys. This is about control. They want you to live in fear. They want you to live in fear. They want you to be terrified to step out of your house. They want to imprison you in there. I mean, that's their plan started with coronavirus. Now it's on to the riots. You can't leave your house. You're under lockdown because people are threatening to kill you. I know in my neighborhood, they pulled gas pipes, gas pipes in order to be able to explode the whole city. That was their plan. They have rocks planted everywhere. Some guy was walking down Ventura Boulevard yesterday saying, And and I put the video snippet, like a clip, a picture of it. Look at all those rocks nicely put in there. Bricks, not even near construction sites. Who's setting these up? Who is setting these up? Listen to what de Blasio said.
5: This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold.
0: Well, is that right? That was during his speech that, oh, if we get it. Well, I expect to see a lot of COVID, right? Right. There should be a lot of debts and you should be sending a lot of people with body bags, de Blasio, to your nursing homes, aren't you? Because that's where it goes down to. Antifa and Black Lives Matter are funded by Soros, just like the Hong Kong protests were. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking to her own people, giving them instructions of how to be angry, how to fight back the money. They're well organized. There's tweets going out right now from myself where I'm tweeting out to you everything, phone numbers, accounts, everything, 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 everything in a little thread, uh, They are so stupid, but we're so patient, aren't we? Because see, justice never comes in on a Ferrari. It comes in on a donkey and it's all coming down. I mean, with all these distractions, no one's paying attention to see, hey, wait a minute. Did Hillary Clinton actually testify? Did she actually testify? She was supposed to testify yesterday. Did she though? That's the thing. And Tifa are domestic terrorists. Okay. And they are communicating with each other, communicating completely with each other. They have online organized groups. They have websites completely organized where they're putting all the information out, how to bail yourself out, what to tell the police, how to do anything. This is it. How are they allowed to operate? Why are they a 501c? Think about it, guys. They have been using weapons that we've created to deploy against our enemies, against us, against us. The indictments are real and they're going to go to the highest levels. You guarantee that their kids are saying it. Ilhan Omar's kids are saying it. Ilhan Omar's is saying it. AOC is saying de Blasio is saying they're telling you everything, everything scientific military intelligence. That's where it's out and it's coming together because we built those tools. Tons of us are out there, social media, writing letters, sending them. We built those tools. Why are you using them against America? We did that. We did that. Obama did that in the Ukraine. We had Ukrainians spilling each other's blood over pick the USA over Russia. No joke. And now they're using it against us, completely against us. And in light of that, we have so many things being reported. It's ridiculous. We have so many people talking about other things. I mean, bottom line is, how, how, are, we, how are we gonna fix this? Don't worry. Be patient, but that doesn't mean sit there on your hands. That means be loud, be vocal, retweet, respond. They are targeting Twitter accounts. There's documents of Twitter accounts that they've put out saying mass report them. Now mass report them. All of them. They're using things from the Hong Kong protest. The ones you thought were organic were actually planned and paid for by George Soros. Same thing. Same thing thing. So what do we do? We keep talking. What do we do? We keep pushing. That's all we can do is push, talk, make phone calls, send letters, everything, everything, because these people are going to go down. These, this is terrorism. Why haven't black Lives matters? Why haven't them been called terrorists yet? Oh, cause it's going to be racist. Well, you called the Black Panthers terrorists. Why can't you call them? They are training your kids. You have teachers within your schools that are targeting children as young as 12 and putting them onto these online classes. Are you paying attention to what your kids are doing? Muller. Who's the boss? We're going to listen to that afterwards. After, <laughs> who's the boss <laughs> that, uh, rod rosenstein was referring to oh he says it was Mueller, but was it mm. more on that right after this break because it's pretty int- it's going to get very the interesting. forgotten
5: men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer the time for empty talk is over now arrives the hour of action from this day forward A new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, And I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable.
6: After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our
7: heart.
1: Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me, for confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. So here I am running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority.
0: All right. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So I've just tweeted out a bunch of stuff. Uh, These are screenshots. I have the documents. I have all the links archived, every single thing for the FBI and the Justice Department, for you guys to see just how well organized these are. These are not your average protest. A protest is, I believe in something and I'm going out. This is not your average protest. All this money raising, all this funding, who are are these people? Who is driving them with these websites and fancy attire and selling specific gear to raise funds? Look at it. Look at it. Does this look like a regular protest of the people? This looks way too organized. And you know who the organizers are? The very people that are in elected positions. We've got Keith Ellison's child arrested. De Blasio's child arrested. Tim Kaine's child arrested. Barack Hussein Obama. Remember, I talked about organized for action, didn't I? Well, the OFA is here. Same one, one in the same as Hillary for America. Same one, one in the same as the DNC. Look at the facts. Nobody protests this well organized. They have hundreds of pages, hundreds of links. Who organizes to such an extent using kids as targets? Remember ISIS wraps bomb vests around children. ISIS puts children on the front line to fight their wars. These people are targeting your children to go to the front lines, your children to throw those bricks, your children to do their bidding. (laughs) You know, I was on Paladin's, uh, you know, show last week and we were talking about, the Jones, Jim Jones, that, you know, and I've talked about it. This is how Feinstein became who she is by util- by utilizing the death of that cult to her advantage. She knew she was on the list to be killed. That's why nobody was in the office. Out of all of them, only Harvey Milk was there. And out of all of them, only the mayor was there. Why? Because they've been using cults forever. There are pictures of people bowing down, Telling people, kiss my feet, apologize to me. What? These are cults. And the Democrats have been using cults forever. And then when you've outlived your use... They will just have you sacrifice yourself to the greater cause, like 900 and somewhat people that died. This cult is worse. They actually believe they're making a difference. They actually believe that what they are doing, and well, that's what a cult is, isn't it? <laughs> Cults, here we go again. Here we go again. Jim Jones reincarnated. This is what the Democrats do. Keith Ellison's daughter, De Blasio's daughter. Tim Kaine's son. Oh, remember the one that wanted to be vice president, right? His son is working with Antifa. Antifa, Black Lives Matter. They're the same. They are the same. Same money, same agenda, same thing. Look at their documents; It's all Antifa stuff. Domestic terrorists, it is. But, you know, we're not going to label them yet. Let them work around. Let them try to hide their money. Let them try to name themselves as something else. Because you know what? Patience is a virtue. And when infiltration happens, you can't cut it out. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez should be very afraid. Very. Ilhan Omar should be very afraid. Keith Ellison Eric Holder, Barack Hussein Obama. We have generals, actual literal generals that are working for the shadow government. Generals, generals pull their clearances. What are we doing? Have we pulled them yet? I hope we have. Well, if we haven't, it's fine because then we could just put tags. But let's not forget the tagging happens through the NSA and we still have Storch in there. Why is Storch still the IG of the NSA? He is Obama's key plant. He is the guy that is running everything. I don't care what intelligence agency you think you have taken hold of. If you don't have hold of the NSA, you've lost the game. They are the gatekeepers of all incoming and outgoing communications within this nation. Why is he still in that position? Why is he still in that position? These are the questions we need to ask. As well as ask... What the heck is going on with this stupid interview with Rod Rosenstein? The things he's saying make my skin. uh, uh, I was I was ready to vomit like listening to it. I was ready. I was thinking this isn't real. This has to be fake. There's no way this is real. This has to be fake. It can't be right. Listen to Hirono's question. Oh, my gosh. This is this is pure insanity, guys. Hold on. Let's put this up.
4: Counsel warrants prosecution of the president. That is.
8: It has nothing to do with whether collusion was found. We also know that, the, uh, that President Trump did not cooperate fully with Mueller's investigation on that point. No, he did note a number of obstruction of justice actions by this president. So did you agree with uh, Barr's letter that you agree that there was no um, obstruction of justice involved?
4: I'm sorry, Senator, that's what I tried to answer the first time. The answer is, yes, I do not believe that the president committed a crime that warrants prosecution. And that's the issue that we review as prosecutors.
8: No, excuse me. They said, the Mueller report said that they did not find enough evidence to, to go after the president for collusion. And we all know that the Office of Legal Counsel said that the president, a sitting president, cannot be indicted. But they did raise a number of obstruction of justice. Actions by the president, and left open the issue of whether or not that would be indictable. But we all know that uh, the office of legal counsel said you can't indict a sitting president. And by the way, more than one thousand that they did not find enough evidence to to go after the president for collusion. And we all know that the office of legal counsel said that the president, a sitting president, cannot be indicted. But they did raise a number of obstruction of justice actions by the president and left open the issue of whether or not that would be indictable. But we all know that uh, they obviously legal counsel say you can't indict a sitting president. And by the way, more than 1,000. OK, so the feed Here we go. These are not matters of professional judgment. They further noted that to look at these facts and say that a prosecutor could not be Probably sustain a conviction for obstruction of justice. Wow. I have like the fastest speeds that you can get and it's not not working. Probably sustain a conviction for obstruction of justice. Not probably sustain
0: a conviction. Listen, let
8: me, let me just put it this way.
0: What they're doing here is that they're playing to the whole, um, you know, this is, this, this was all a setup, you know, president Trump is lying. This isn't the way it happens. Listen to Rod Rosenstein right here.
4: My understanding.
6: All right, thank you. Now, with regard to this question of whether there is bias, this is one of the main reasons we're here in this hearing today as to what happened and why the problems that arose came up. The Inspector General, as we all know, found 17 significant violations of process and procedure that resulted in uh, you stating here earlier today that had you known them, you would not have signed the, the FISA request. Correct.
0: Okay, so nobody needs to be talking about these Pfizer requests. Nobody needs to be talking about this. We all need to be focusing that former Barack Hussein Obama will be addressing the nation. What the, what is going on? Hello, why is the shadow government leader coming out and talking to the people of the United States? This is not my America. We need to fix this ASAP. I don't know what we got to do, but if I were president, if I were Attorney General Barr, the first thing I would do is fire the IG of the NSA instantly. That's the first thing I would do. Fire him today. Today. Before this clown... This traitor, this renegade clown comes out at 5 p.m. Fire the IG of the NSA. Fire the IG of the NSA. I can't even repeat it anymore because if I say what I see, if I say what I know, I'm going to be raided. So bottom line is we all need to be saying fire the IG of the NSA. He is Barack Hussein Obama's plant. Fire him. Barack Hussein Obama had nominated him. I can't even talk about Rod Rosenstein right now. Because all that is is faux show right now. I am so irate that the media is actually going to give a platform. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Look, we know all of them have been working with Soros. All of them. That includes Barack Hussein Obama. How do you think his boyfriend... (sighs) How do you think Michelle? Because you know, I have to. I have to say something on on, on this. You know, Michelle being a trans, so she's 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 a transsexual. That's fine, okay? Because I don't not support anyone's right to change their sex. They could do whatever they want, but the concealment of it is a big deal for me. Like, why? But you know, actually I had my daughter speak to me the other day and I was like, you know what annoys me is that why doesn't she just come out and say it like I'm a transsexual and you know what? Um, my daughter said to me, well, mom, if you were a transsexual, you would want to forget about it. So you wouldn't talk about it and you act as if it doesn't exist. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fair enough. But her kids, when is she going to say their Petri dish just like Obama was? They're not. Anyway. So how do you think she got paid for Netflix? Guess who paid for Netflix? Guess who funded the Netflix show? That's right. It was George Soros. So, we already know about meetings among many people. Remember when de Blasio was hopping over to Germany and stuff? He was having, remember when, well, during the elections that he left as mayor of New York on New York's dime to go talk about whatever, Russia, Russia, you know. And how he talked about it when the president was going. Like, who do you think you are? You're the mayor of New York City, dude. Stay put. Yet, he wanted global. It was meetings with Soros. He was in a lot of trouble. They needed to thrive him a little bit. So we already know all this stuff. Where is this going to go? The only way we can fix this is by removing Storch right away. Storch needs to be removed right away. Right away. Because he sees all, hears all, knows all, and obviously we're in the dark. Who is advising the President of the United States? Fire them all. All of them. He did the best call he could, which is, I got my troops ready. Just say the word. And if you're not going to do it, I'm going to come in there and do it with force. Now, people don't like that dictator Trump. Well, okay. So then we should just leave you to die, right? We should just leave you to die. Maybe we should just leave you. And then, you know, your governor could say, you know, this is why it was perfect that de Blasio and Cuomo were like, we don't need you, buddy. Thanks. I got this good. Cause when people get blown up, when people get slaughtered, don't say, we didn't say, Hey, we're here to help. Cause that's when the president's like, you told me not to come. I respected that. Cause you're a state. Well, now all these people are dead. You're out. We're taking to your back. You guys have no money. You're killing your cops. You're sending them there with flowers, you know, nothing to protect themselves. They're setting their cars on fire and you're okay with it. No, no. Enough is enough is enough. The fact that Barack Hussein Obama is going to be on national television. Oh my gosh. I am not watching it. I am not going to see it. I am so livid right now. You know what? If any time for a blackout was needed, I want it now. I don't want that guy anywhere on my airwaves. He doesn't deserve to speak. He doesn't deserve to be seen or heard at all. This guy needs to go. He needs to go away fast. And yet here he is creeping his little tush out to give him encouragement. It doesn't matter if they're blowing stuff up. Let them. We're going to have them come in. Hmm. Russians fault. No, it's your fault because you're paying them wait till we we put the links together because i'm almost there oh i've been so busy and i've been neglecting my twitter i've been neglecting a lot of things i have been just so darn busy and i'm gonna crunch down to it today because once i open up because you know heavily crypted files but once i open it i am so like i've already seen evidence that infers that Obama for action is getting direct money from the open society. So if that's the case and the fact that OFA has funded these riots, that means that Obama for action is indeed funded by Soros. And all of these are Soros and it's not just Antifa. It's black lives matter, the sunrise movement, all of these stupid things. And I was so glad to see the president tweet out yesterday with the word momentum because momentum is what they call their training course. He knows exactly what's going on on that. So I would suggest that all of us would just sit there and say things like, Hey, how's we eliminate the IG of the NSA? You know, he was nominated by Barack Hussein Obama at first. He's presidentially appointed. You have the right to fire him any second you want. Just say the word presidentially appointed fired get him out of there that is what we need to do the communications that i just saw fly by my my screen is driving me insane driving me insane again remember two and a half years ago what did i say we want to find the source of this we follow the money right follow the money i've been saying that like crazy everybody has a price follow the money And this is what we see. They scathe so hard on following them. You know what? Bottom line is, you have to remember that in the end, those that are evil will be extinguished and the good will be glowing like nobody's business. They will be as bright as stars, as bright as stars, but the evil pop, they go, they go, it's gone. No light, no shining. They're all losers. They're going to be out the door. The, th- the thing is Soros funded operations are getting violent. They have taken lives. Oh, you know, black lives matter, except for the cop, right? The retired cop who was trying to defend his business and was killed over a couple of TVs. And one of the thugs there actually grew, you know, uh, you know, caught some feelings saying, oh my gosh, this guy is somebody's grand. I wonder if the co- the skin color was different, if he would have felt the same. Because all these people that they've killed and beaten to death haven't thought of that. They haven't thought that could be a mom, that could be a dad, that could be a sister, a son, a grandfather, a grand, none of them. I guess maybe the skin color tickled him differently. The bottom line is the military plays a key role, both former and current. And this is where we come in. Huh. Veterans are on ready. Military intelligence former and active, ready and waiting. HRC, did you testify yesterday? What's going on with that? Do we know? Mm, I don't know. But what we do know is that the GOP convention is not happening in North Carolina. And what do we need to do? Make sure our president is safe. And that's why I say he should just stick it to where he went to. He went to the GOP convention was held in Ohio in 2016 where he took the nomination. I think he needs to take it back here. Why? Because they've already wired it up. Right. Considerably well. And they're on the ready. So I think it would be the safest option because as you could see, they don't care about you. They don't care about history. People were mocking that the national guard was guarding the Lincoln Memorial. That's because they'd probably torch that too. They don't care. They don't care. History is history to them, except for when it comes to like racist wars. This isn't about race. It's about your class. How dare you mere human peasant tell me who's elected what to do. Sit in the corner because I'm going to fix you up. That's what's happening here. I, I think a lot of people fail to realize that this this race war is all fake news. Nobody, it's not about race. It's not about race. This violence is not about race. Not about race. Now, I wanted, um... Uh uh what I wanted to play a clip from the president. I'm trying to find it. It's a very specific one, but I can't. I had it up there and it's not there, so hey. I wanted you guys to listen to what Fox News said. About, Hi, I'm Kristen about the president being able to actually do something. Uh, in regards to moving the convention out of North Carolina. Just listen to this.
4: But meanwhile, mm-hmm. yesterday afternoon, the president of the United States uh, made it clear he's had it with waiting for uh, the Republic, the North Carolina Democratic governor to commit to a full-blown convention in August. And he tweeted this out, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but essentially he tweeted out he's going to start looking for another city to go to. They've been planning this for two years in North Carolina the republicans need north carolina and the president needs north carolina is there a danger in pulling this pulling out of there does he have a choice Well, I mean,
6: he's gotta have the cooperation of the governor in the state, that's important. Uh, But if he does pull out, I mean, I think logistically to move the convention this close to the time, it's gonna be tough to find a host city unless the convention is dramatically scaled back. Just the level of security put in place for something of a convention. There are police officers brought from basically 50 states to help stage a political convention. All of you have been to them. You know uh, how tightly controlled the whole uh, situation is but to be able to get the hotel rooms, the transportation to and from the facility, provide the security. It's an enormous task to do that and it takes years of planning. If there's gonna be a change, I would think that we're gonna see a very limited kind of convention that would probably be limited just to the delegates themselves and maybe a handful of others.
0: How will they be able to do that, do you think? Because when we went to the convention you know, in 2016, It was people were shoulder to shoulder out on the floor, holding their signs uh, for their for their um, their states. How could you do it with coronavirus? People don't want to even get on airplanes. A lot of people, especially
3: New Yorkers. What do you envision?
6: I don't think you could have the typical convention. There's no way. First of all. Could you even get a facility that you could block off for several weeks in advance of it to get your staging set and all of the, uh, the, the details of, of just putting the event together? Could you get the hotel rooms? Could you line up the transportation? Could you bring in the security? Uh, I, I think it would be a very minimalist convention if it does, in fact, get moved. Let's hope that the governor of North Carolina realizes that it would be a stain on his governorship and his state for him to pull the plug on the opposing party's convention. It would look horrible on his part to do that. And if he does and tries to say that he's going to make a decision as a Democrat as to how the Republicans conduct their business, it'll come back to bite the entire Democrat party because it's going to look really like it was uh, retribution, like it was uh, an attempt to control that's not how we do business in America.
0: No, they just don't want conventions because then they're going to force to have one themselves. And they don't want people aggregating and talking because they're going to want one themselves. Because they want you to think that the war that we are seeing, this civil war that we are seeing, is about race. It's not about race. Tucker made such a great statement. Listen to this cl- snippet of it.
3: Our economic. Can your kids earn enough to form stable families of their own and live with dignity? Everything flows from that, and that's what most Americans, of all colors, worry about most. So of course, it's the one thing our leaders hate to talk about. That's not accidental. Again, it's by design. What you're watching is class war disguised as race war. Keep the population at one another's throats, angry, suspicious, tribal, and maybe they'll never figure out how much we're stealing. The biggest change to American society over the past 50 years has been the death of the middle class. This used to be a middle class country. It is not anymore.
0: Well, before he continues, I just wanted to say I found out, like I said, that many small businesses, bars, stores and whatever that are not retail chains, most of their insurances don't cover the damage. Which leads me to believe that these riots are also, in effect, an attempt to annihilate the small mom and pop shops that they've been targeting and setting on fire, to completely eliminate small business owners and give it to the big box change. This is, this is, this is bad.
3: Most of our population has become poorer in real terms, while a shrinking number of people control an ever-expanding percentage of our wealth. That means that fewer Americans overall have a meaningful stake in the society, and more are dependent. That makes the country much more volatile than it once was. These riots really shouldn't surprise you. It's hard to know exactly who is responsible for these sad changes to America, but it's very easy to see who's benefiting from them. They're the same people lecturing you about white privilege and systemic racism. This isn't accidental. Citibank is happy to put Black Lives Matter logos on its Instagram page, precisely so you won't ask what interest rates they're charging black people. If you really cared about the poor, you wouldn't crush them with debt they can't afford. Of course, if you really cared about black lives, you probably wouldn't put abortion clinics in black neighborhoods. But they do. These people are scam artists. They're playing you. Keep that in mind the next time they tell you you must hate your neighbor, which is exactly what they're telling you
0: exactly what they're telling you that you need to hate your neighbor hate a person that's a different color than you but like i said here's the plan that they have pretty simple we had coronavirus riots next we're gonna have another wave of this coronavirus not yet next we're gonna have a wave of this coronavirus next we're gonna have what after that ah that's right The next wave of the coronavirus is going to come in August, and then right in October, we're going to see Ellison dismissing charges for murder, and we're going to see even worse riots that will probably cancel the ability for us to have elections in person because they'll already start and have advocated in many states and possibly states adopting this, and I don't know how they're going to do it. We should have an executive order done on that, or we need legislation that totally firms that up, but how are we going to do it with a House filled with Democrats? Uh, So what we could do is write that executive order in October because they're not going to get it done by November, and they can repeal it and start impeachment as as much as they want because they will fail. So this is a a rinse and repeat, guys. Coronavirus, riots, new coronavirus, then more riots because of Keith Ellison. I mean, why do we have him there? The the way we're going to get this done is by having a backup charge against, uh, you know, the police officer on a federal level. So that's what's going to happen. So, you know, this is how... We can ensure we have to have our backup plans. And I'm pretty sure if I have concocted a backup plan in my mind, so has the president. So have many others because we're 20 million steps ahead of them. Uh, They are constantly throwing around a bunch of, um, you know, distractions, a bunch of uh, misinformation. And now they're going to put Obama on the pedestal as the leader of the free world. Nobody wants Obama. Whatever station airs him live, obviously it's going to be CNN, MSNBC, all of them. I'm not watching. And all of us should, you know, that believe that he is illegitimate. He was illegitimate to begin with, right? Illegitimate to begin with. Going forward, we should understand. That what we're seeing is a proper civil war. This is the shadow government against the government. And their numbers in the government are insane. We have fewer people that are actually fighting for the people than we do that are fighting against the people. Barack Hussein Obama and his generals have been doing very well for themselves. They have been pushing along the agenda very, very well for themselves. They fear nothing and and I make them right not to. Why would they fear anything? You know, they're in control right now. They are literally in control right now. And we have lost complete control on that section. Why? Because we have lost the ability to speak. What happened? What? We have a week of riots and no one's out there on social media. Where are all the independent journalists? Speak up, rise or die. That's the way it is. You must say something because we cannot let them win. We cannot let them win ever. That's the way it is. It's our is our nation, our voice that's going to be heard. Now after the break, we're going to have Cyrus Parsa on and we're going to be talking everything AI shifting gears because I'm extremely irate with the news that this clown is going to be addressing the nation. I'll see you all right after this break. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So this is our second hour and we're switching a bit gears uh, in regards to what we're going to be discussing because I'm still... Really irate because here's what happened last week. I intercepted some communications uh, that were going on between high level officials that what seemed to be Barack Hussein Obama and what seemed to be someone at the NSA, more more likely IG Storch, of course. And um, those conversations were about addressing the nation, uh, you know, once you know the incident with George Floyd happened. We're talking that same day, so I just sat on it for a bit, but. Something triggered my memory when it was like, well, when are you going to address the nation? I don't know. How are we going to do that? Maybe we'll fix it like this. And now to find out that they're going to give Renegade a platform to talk Wow. So on that, I'm still fuming that I didn't jump on that and understand what was going. I mean, I didn't see it that night, so I just assume it was done. So anyway, this second hour, we're going to talk everything AI. Uh, you know, this pandemic. Uh, you know, the- even these riots. Uh, you know, artificial intelligence plays a very big part on a lot of things, and we've talked about that a lot on the Tory says show. Uh, you- if you remember, from January 1st, 2019, I told you that what we're going to see play out in the year of 2019 was what AI in China and how important that is and how your AI profile is a better picture of you than you are in person I know you best from what you search what you eat what you order what you say what you like what you hate what you watch and that is the biggest weapon anyone can use against you because they know Everything. So joining me in this hour is Cyrus Parsa. Uh, you know, I'm from the AI organization. I'm going to let him introduce himself to you. Um, he's fascinating. Uh, he has a few books out uh, and I'm going to let him talk about a few things, introduce you to himself uh cuz i think that's the best way for everyone to say hello is to say this is me and this is what i do. Cyrus, welcome. Welcome to the Tory Says show. I mean, i am i'm am really really glad to have you here. I'm excited actually and my listeners are too. I had a lot of them communicate with me um yesterday uh anticipating this interview. Uh so uh, welcome.
9: Uh, Hello, Tori, and uh, hello to the guest. I want to give a quick background. I was uh, born in Iran. We're not Muslim. We left the country in 1987 because there was a persecution, sort of what's happening now with the riots. And I lived in Austria for a bit, East Coast for seven years, Midwest, 10, California for 16. I lived in China with fighting Wudang monks in the mountains for almost a year. And uh, in I earned my bachelor's in international security and conflict resolution with a minor in Chinese. Uh, I think it was roughly 2006. I'm the nation's first top 100 homeland security graduates. So I have a master's in homeland security. I was dismissed from a PhD program academically disqualified the third year because I wouldn't promote or accept the pedophilia agenda that they had. And last year about this time, after uh, forming Loyal Guardian Security in 2017, which works on Chinese Intel, Homeland Security, and also Iranian Intel as well, um, I formed the AI organization 2018. And last year, about this time, I gave the Secret Service a five-page brief. The summary of it was, China threatens all the world's citizens in its interconnection with, with uh, big tech. And if within one year, maximum two years, if they're not curtailed, all the world's citizens are in danger or enslavement. And I cited something I coined called microbiotic terrorism. Microbiotic terrorism not only covers insect drones, which you got from Harvard or, or the Wyss Institute or cyber- cybernetically enhanced um, uh, insects like the dragonfly from uh, Draper that was stolen by the Chinese government, no, it covers um, viruses, uh, biological attacks, nanoparticles that can be used to infiltrate. Um, for instance, I, I get, my analysis was they try, they'll try to unleash on the world and even on the White House to, to sort of affect President Trump's son. I kept it secret. And uh, in June the 15th, I gave my final report to the former director of CIA cover-ups, who was with three presidents. I actually, actually flew down and met me. He was so amazed with the report. And the conclusion was, China threatens all the world's citizens. AI, robotics, five G, quantum, la la, and they're looking uh, to for to assassinate certain political figures on the conservative side with different methods. I didn't get deep into it. I gave them forty one companies, twenty eight companies Trump bat, uh, banned a few months later, and one of the things I I put in there was our findings in the AI organization that AI, the way it's been coded and the algorithms. It has formed into a certain platform that is tagging people of faith as resistant to artificial intelligence. And also I found division codes to divide left and right. So this was this was given to him, and I also give it to Secret Service, I believe, as well. I waited and waited and then published AI Trump China and the Weaponization Robotics of 5G, August 24, 2019. Purposely, I was informed, advised not to include the company names. As soon as this was done, um, well, uh, basically, the statement was China threatens all the world's citizens with big tech. And all these things that are happening, including, you know, civil discord, riots, all these things, viruses, uh, robots, drones, quantum, the 5G system, everything. And the bottom subtitle... It stated why the world's citizens must support the Trump administration against China. That was that was the conclu- conclusion statement on the subtitle. Um, people on DHS gave it to CIA. CIA gave it to the White House. Within three weeks, President Trump was sitting down with the Prime Minister of Australia, and he turns and he, he says, "China threatens all the world citizens." Exact reports I give the Secret Service and the former Director CIA cover ops, and then my book when it came out. And and then he he turns over and he says, you do robotics too, right? So the cover of AI Trump uh, in China has um, a horse. On top of the horse is George Washington with Trump's head on it, overlooking a robot that's cybernetically enhanced with a smartphone on top of it, which is used to manipulate the whole world with AI division uh, and manipulating their, their, their thoughts, even their emotions, with AI coding algorithms meant to control them. Through a process of what I call bio-digital social programming. And bottom, bottom left of the cover shows Karl Marx. And my conclusion was that the majority of the human race is in danger and I found extinction codes in stages as this AI system uh, connects with the platform of, of Marx and communism. Nobody would take me seriously. Uh, the, the left just slandered and laughed. Some people, conservatives just thought it was terminator. They don't believe it. And Waited and waited. A few a few outlets actually stole my work when I took to them. I'm like, hey, the world's people are in danger. Would you run me? They wouldn't. They just, behind the scenes, plagiarized. Waited and waited. And then in October 20th, I published Artificial Intelligence, Dangerous to Humanity, which I had AI Trump embedded in there. And this book, I released 50 companies and key figureheads such as Elon Musk and Bill Gates and so on. And the conclusion was China threatens all the world citizens as it connects to big tech. I attempted to run. Uh, I ran a um, press release, supposed to go to all the senators and all the um, all the big big names that we have in Congress, so on, and all the media that China threatens all the world and all the things I'm going to say with my book. And then PR Newswire, right after I approved, they came back and said, "Your book, Artificial Intelligence: Danger to Humanity, slanders China and big tech. We can't run it." Couldn't believe it. I threatened them with um, uh, being sued. And crimes against humanity they're killing the world they're killing the world's people because my my book can't get out and my information can't get to the right people so very upset and then i think nttv ran one of my articles about my bio and about how i figured out that hong kong suicides were not suicides the girls were actually raped by paramilitary forces embedded within the Police Department of Hong Kong, and they were from Chinese government. And when they ran that, I think it got a million views on YouTube within three hours, shattered their records, reached over a hundred million people in Taiwan, Hong Kong, even in mainland China through through different networks and all over the Far East. And everywhere saying the AI organization, da. So I was blacklisted yet again from China. And I couldn't get this book. I'm starting to tweet to every anchor. you you can know every every major outlet not just liberals conservatives nobody would take it so okay the world's people are in danger i already know this book has gone to the top but it it was written in a very sophisticated way in some aspects so december 16th i had no choice i filed I, i i turned in a lawsuit to the federal court in san Diego, and the lawsuit said Endangering the world's citizens and the coming quantum 5G AI systems with bio- bioengineering which includes viruses and, and Cybernetics and so on, so many different things. I only included the 51 pages of the 87 pages that I had and I didn't name the John Doe's. What I named initially was Google alphabet Facebook Neuralink um, Elon Musk, which I gave him a way out and um zuckerberg Sergey brain larry page and pr newswire that stopped me they also stopped other um, um press releases from running me and i have all this in writing they're saying well pr newswire will not let us run They're saying you have to remove the words china and big tech so wait it wait i think it got over 50 million people on on, on twitter and in other social media outlets but the problem was People kept on taking snippets of my of my lawsuit and not citing where the information came from that it came from me. I couldn't get the support. I needed donations. I was going to send hundreds of U.S. Marshals after the John Doe's and surprise everybody. But. I'm following the same day, but I couldn't get donations. I'm begging people on Twitter to DM big accounts and they're just looking at me. So start shooting out videos of uh, the AI organization on YouTube and different things. And I see. okay, you know what? This outbreak is going to come and, and then it's going to be the lockdown. Okay. In February 23rd, I named the John Doe's. Only a few people knew about him. Barack Hussein Obama, Pelosi, Schiff, Biden, uh, Comey, even Brennan. And I also included um, Harvard, MIT, Vermont University, CNN, Anderson Cooper, um, MSNBC, Rachel Metal, um, George Soros, his foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation, uh, and the World Bank, and a few other outlets as well. Um, well, of the Communist Party, I was the first person to actually publicly sue the Communist Party for all these crimes. So here, here are the list of the different crimes that I initially charged everybody with. I had 31 complaints, and I used 42 penal codes uh, that I interconnect the city, state, national, international laws. It interconnects everybody in the same way. Four of them were very prominent, and this is really, really important. And I didn't do this to hurt these people, okay? Because everyone that I named is all liberal left, because they were the last to mess up. There were a lot of conservatives who did bad things too, but put that aside. First one was endangering the human race. That was the first charge. The second charge was complicity in genocide. Which which includes um, the Christians, the Falun Dafa practitioners, the Petans and Uyghurs, and the common citizens who have been put in camps for twenty years and killed for the organs. And that's a law that was passed in nineteen fifty three, the Genocide Convention, after what happened to the Jewish people and the Rus- the Russian Christians and everyone around the world from Marxist socials anti movements. Third one was extracting your biometrics, not just your facial recognition, not just your voice recognition, but the way your brain and your thoughts are formed for, to give it back to Google and even went to China for the quantum technology to create artificial general super without your knowledge. So third one. The fourth one was negligent transfer of biotechnology, which include the virus, and other weaponized artificial intelligence, um, Biological weapon systems and robotics drone systems to the Chinese government via our collaboration and even doing business with China. And that's what I charge Clinton, Obama, Biden with and even, sorry to say, the failures of of Comey and uh, and uh, particularly Brennan, because you're ahead of these agencies. Instead of you protecting the country, you're you're hunting a president of the United States. That's a problem. And another one uh, I'll, I'll mention is biometric manipulation of the entire human race without their understanding, free will, or consent through AI coding and AI algorithmic manipulation of their biometric system through a process of what I mentioned before, biodigital social programming. I can explain what that is, but I'm sorry, I went a little too much. So that was the introduction. Go ahead.
0: Uh, no 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 and you know in in your book Artificial Intelligence Dangers to Humanity you open it with this phrase deep learning resembles a human being's process to observe information by smell touch taste visual audible and subconscious senses that can be deemed as gut feelings all combined to recognize identify think know understand analyze decide and upgrade thinking and physical capabilities in the world as we know it however for AI, deep learning seeks to develop another level of capability that allows the AI program to be aware and capable of operations simultaneously in the digital and physical world, giving it control over everything with a conscious mind. Now, that was... um, a statement in your book that uh, you know resonates really close to me of this whole you know being able to process very complex algorithms, predictive analytics, and uh, in a more digital format, but simultaneously engaging within the physical world. Because uh, something that I always say to my listeners is that the the best quantum computer there is on this planet is the one between it's is the six inches between our ears uh, because it can process faster than any inert. Computer can. Though inert computers use ones and zeros to make decisions. And the smarter they get into being allowed to use their one, you know, their binary decision making, right, to expand and integrate with humans. Because that is exactly what the AI project that Jeffrey Epstein had for a very long time going on in Ethiopia was. Uh, You know, I, I, I mentioned to my listeners once that there's two genetic codes that we have. There is the DNA and the mitochondrial DNA. Now on this planet, there are only 23 tribes, 23 actual haplogroups of mitochondrial DNA. This is why we were able to trace it back to the first woman ever, which they call Eve, uh, which is the source of humankind. And so that DNA is the only DNA every human being has from their mother, not the father. Fathers never transfer mitochondrial DNA. It's always from the mother. So the question here is, at this point, with them collecting all this data and crunching it and having their big servers um, mimicking humans, you know, we have Alice that mimics and learns, right? We have so many programs like that, right? right. Um, You know, where is it that people now with their genetic modification through vaccination programs, uh, you know, because they're genetically modifying us. They're trying to biohack our actual software, which is our DNA and not the mitochondrial DNA because you can't change that. See, the difference between regular DNA and, bi- and and mitochondrial DNA is that one is a he- double helix. The other one is circular. It's a simple circular bacterial DNA. That's basically what it is. And for those DNAs, it has been proven that bacterial circular DNA cannot be manipulated with precision as uh, you know, your average DNA, which is your double helix um, uh, DNA, because they have other qualities that allow them to continue to express genetic uh, predispositions like virulence or whatever it is, um, even if you excise uh the 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 actual genes so we've seen that through failed experiments of craig ventner etc cetera, etc cetera. and and my listeners know this because they've heard it before so the, the thing that i want to pose to you is like with this pandemic right we're seeing that a very specific group of people are dying uh or said to be dying right uh how do you think this will turn out? Obviously, they were expecting that when this pandemic be deployed, that everyone would run to go and get the vaccine, so they can be better, which would change your DNA even more. Uh, what, what do you what do you foresee uh, in 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 this respect? You know, AI created this virus anyway, right?
9: Right. So, well, I said that AI was used to create it by mixing um, in the book before it, the virus was unleashed, right? mixing humans and animals so here's the thing i had a video removed from youtube uh, it was up for three months and a lot of people were using it a big big name they got their channels taken down and it's very very simple uh, 5g does not cause um this virus okay what 5g does into relation not just to this virus but to any vaccine or any flu that you ever had especially the 5g of the Huawei system because they use cheap crap cheap technology excuse my language in China these millimeter waves they actually hit your nervous system and the radiation they hit your they actually connect with your cells and they morph your cells they create division so if you have let's say a trace uh, you've been ex- you've been exposed to this virus but your body automatically resisted it and, and is not affected by it. That, that interrelation between your smartphone's proximity sensors, which has an electrical field that connects with your electrical field, that interconnects uh, uh, through a co- um, cooperation process with these towers and these frequencies on the 5G network creates division and also reduces your immunity to anything. So if you, if you saw uh, in Wuhan, a lot of people were dropping dead. But there's another aspect of this virus. It has targets. It was created in a very specific way. Some people get it, and it's just a flu for them. Some other people get it, and they don't even feel it. It's just like they've, they've been exposed to some type of bacteria or something, but they don't, they'll never feel it, and it's just gone. Some other people get it, and it's really, really deadly. And for them, uh, they'll have organ failures. They'll have even, like, the COVID toes that you see. Uh, there's been the signs of COVID toads in America and other places. And they found that this virus mutates. I said this in an article in February. I stated that it mutates and it has mutated to multiple places. So the, the fact that it's been done in this way, it's, it's unpredictable what can happen. But when, if, you, if you create a certain vaccine, think about it you would probably need to have animal elements and human elements and some other modification to counter this. And if you did that, you would be changing to human human beings and then you can control them to multiple different ways on the 5G networks as you introduced through bio digital social programming, cybernetics and other bioengineering through social media and the products that, that, that these big tech companies sell. So what is bio digital social programming? It's very sophisticated, but at the same time, it's very simple. Bio stands for your biology, your cells, um, your, your blood, your anything at the molecular level, your skin, even your skin receptors, your bones, your muscles, and so on. Digital is your neural networks, so your nervous system, your electrical field. If you believe in a soul, if you have a faith, it is your soul, or your, your consciousness or your digital image if you're agnostic or or maybe even if you're an atheist or you're just a scientist. The next one is social. Social is your social media, your emotions, or your social network. Programming is programming. So bio-digital social programming. All these things interconnect. Virus comes in, outbreak happens, riots happen, vaccines come in, 5G comes in, bio-digital social programming. So it, it, all of them interconnect and come together and where I found, so I put in, in my bio and um, initially over the summer in the book that I found extinction codes for the majority of human race. Now, on your show, do you folks ever talk about uh, visions at all?
0: Uh, no, no, not, n- no, we don't. I-, I can tell you something about this biohacking that's interesting. It's one thing that I, that, uh, looking at the genetic, uh, well, the RNA code of the, um, virus, I noticed that there was a tight seam, uh, to create those sticky feet, those 33 adenine, uh, you know, uh, sequences that are regarded as sticky feet, kind of like a platform, kind of like Velcro to allow other things to attach. And, um, That that seam is usually done with the assistance of uh, non-biological materials like graphene oxide, uh, which is being used as uh, nanomaterials um, to help uh, extract, clip, notate certain portions of uh, one's DNA. Now... What you were talking about just now about the animal DNA is just gave me a click. See, the sticky feet I couldn't get as to why it would have that Velcro, as you say. We would call that, you know, it, it acts like Velcro. It's like waiting to be stuck on, right? And that could actually make sense because adenine feet are um, highly... They have a high affinity um, to connect with um, a certain uh, genetic structures. And my... Um, I don't know how this just came as stream of thought, but I was thinking, wow, that could indeed mean that – the uh, foreign genetic material that people already have within them through the vaccines like porcine cells, avion cells, bovine cells, you know, from making all these vaccines with that DNA could be indeed the trigger in high concentrations to cause the virus to be more virulent in them and actually cause death. Uh, because I, I, I stumbled upon an interview by a girl who was very sick and she went home she was extremely sick she went home from college 2 weeks dying sick but they told her she had influenza b right and so what struck me is she left the college, went home, stu- you know, influenza B, and suddenly they tested her afterwards because she was still getting sick. Two weeks later, she told mom's still sick and they were checking her and, you know, they just said, oh, it's just really bad flu. Then they were like, you have plevritis, you know, and all this stuff. And then they find out she had coronavirus, right? And she survived it while she was deadly sick. Now she was in her home with her whole family. Her family didn't get it, but she did, which leads me to believe that the university that she was at, because now university students are pretty much convinced or coaxed, or even sometimes they're made to feel that it's demanded by their universities to have vaccines done to them while they're on campus. And it could have been that the cohort that she, you know, of vaccines that they were testing in her university, which is, I think she was, uh, she was in Grand Forks. I'm assuming that's North Dakota University, right? NDU or UND, what they call it, University of North Dakota. Um, she got. She got vaccines there, but her family didn't. Make sense? So I'm thinking that that the that the aggregation of these um, materials, uh, these nanomaterials, plus the foreign DNA from, like you say, animals, which is the porcine that we use, porcine cells to actually create these vaccines, avian, etc. even reptilian cells. We actually use reptilian cells in some vaccines. I think it's the whooping cough that we use actual reptilian cells. But these are things that, that make more sense, that they're actually trying to eradicate the human genome. They're trying to manipulate it by excising certain specific genes. And this goes back to the conversation of the Department of Defense having a briefing about excising, uh, you know, the, the God gene. You've heard of that one, right, where they tried to create a vaccine to remove the God gene so people can be more obedient.
9: Yeah, that's from Bill Gates. So he had. Well, it wasn't. To-
0: it wasn't. Yeah, but it wasn't him that did the, the the whole interview. It wasn't Bill Gates on the video. It was the actual scientist that was working on it in two thousand five. Uh, that was conducting. Uh, that um, you know um, that he was giving that information. That information was being provided. Um, for the government to be able to create these vaccines um, oh, and and viruses to infect people, um, you know, within uh, Iraq, like this is why they were doing it. They said that the, the, that you would get less of. Um, how do I say less, less resistance if they actually were infected with it. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. I can, I can play that clip quickly so it can remind us. Um, this isn't Bill Gates. Um, this was done actually at the Pentagon and I want us to listen to it with my, with my listeners. So there's context in this because like you said, they're trying to excise and use artificial intelligence to locate, manipulate, change and help create these viruses. This is a virus that we created, Um, to eliminate a certain gene that is present in people that have belief like you said they believe that faith in religion is what keeps us from whatever they can do so let me just play that quickly
7: excuse me on the left over here we have individuals who are religious fundamentalists religious fanatics and this is the expression RT-PCR real-time PCR PCR, uh, expression of the VMAT2 gene over here I we have, have individuals. Holes in your so so, here, so let, let me complete. So over here, we have uh, individuals who are not particularly uh, fundamentalist, not particularly religious, and you can see there's a, a much reduced uh, expression of, of this particular gene, the, the VMAT2 uh, gene. Uh, another evidence that, that supports our, our hypothesis for the development of, of, of this uh, approach. Uh, so
4: what, what you're you, seeing you see, here is that by, by, by spreading this virus we're going to eliminate individuals from donning on a bomb vest and going into a market and blowing up the
7: market. So our our hypothesis is that these are fanatical people, uh, that they have overexpression of the VMAT2 gene, and that by vaccinating them against this, we'll eliminate this behavior. Uh, So we have some some very, very uh, remarkable data in this next slide. Uh, Here we have two uh, brain scans. These are fMRIs. Uh, these are two different individuals with different levels of expression of VMAT2. Uh, on top uh, is an individual who's a religious fanatic, an individual, and we've repeated this numerous times, that, that uh, has uh, high levels of VMAT2. Now, um, this individual down here who had low levels of the VMAT2 gene, this individual would uh, self-describe as, as, as not particularly religious. In, in each case, uh, these individuals were were read a religious text. Uh, this individual uh, light, lit up um, this, the right middle frontal gyrus uh, shown here and uh, that's a part of the brain that's associated with theory of mind. Uh, it's a part of the brain that, that uh, has to do with intents and, and beliefs and, and desires. Uh, in contrast, in marked contrast, here's an individual who would uh, not particularly uh, self describe as as religious and when they're read a religious text, <clears throat> what you see is that this part of the brain called the anterior insula lights up. This is a part of the brain that's associated with, with disgust or displeasure on hearing something. Uh, Are you suggesting I take a CT scan with me when I'm uh, evaluating people to determine whether I put a <laughs> bullet in their head? So, so um, the, the data that I'm presenting here uh, supports uh, the, the concept that, that we're proposing uh, and I think that uh, we would not propose to do uh, CT scans or fMRIs on on individuals out in the hinterlands of, of Afghanistan. The virus would immunize against this VMAT2 gene and that would, would have the effect that you see here which is it's essentially to turn a fanatic into a, a, a normal person. So, uh, Cyrus, So, uh,
0: and, and for my listeners, just so, so, so you guys understand, uh, what he's saying is that the virus would actually block a gene. And that's something that we do in coding, don't we, Cyrus? We code something to block a program, right? A firewall. So this virus was to be a firewall. So this virus, this pandemic was a firewall to what? Being able to breathe. They're literally committing crimes against humanity, aren't they?
9: Uh, yes, they are. And so if they're testing it out in, in the Middle East and other places, that means they're they're preparing other things for America and, and different places. And this this pandemic, with the virus, is a perfect opportunity to introduce these things. And it's not just um, elements from the pandemic. Multiple other companies that have come together. So this all connects with the AI system. And that's from what I said. AI is tagging human beings as resistant to artificial intelligence. I have an article with that, and a video. I put that as well. I think about a month ago on the on our the AI organization's YouTube channel. So, if you think about it, if you so we use biometrics uh, tools at the AI organization, we scan different type of brains. So you, the person's talking about, okay, a, a certain religious fanatic, this area in the brain will light up. But if you look at a lot of the scientists, particularly the ones who have hate towards people of faith, or they wanna do these type of things, if, if you scan their brains, the area actually um, ha, can have an understanding or comprehension or even connect to a concept of faith or the coding that leads to certain areas with other concepts that lead to wisdom is completely blocked off. So someone like uh, Bill Gates, that, the neural networks in that area are completely shut off. Especially people who are really into science, that area is shut off. So, for instance, we'll look at um, um, Elon Musk, and everyone thinks he's a genius, right? And he's so wise. I put him in the lawsuit, why? If he's so wise and such a genius then why would he risk his business and put his business in China? Couldn't he see what was happening? I warned him of it, right? And then if he's such a good guy at that time, why would he do business with a country that has millions of people in concentration camps and has killed so- millions of people the past 20 years and beyond? Why would he do that? So that tells you these type of empirical scientists that are antithetical and hate people of faith – they, they have parts of their brains that are completely blocked off and locked off. And they don't have wisdom in certain aspects. And by, by creating this type of technology, it endangered the entire human race because it's not just this, not just the vaccines. It, you know, there was another, um, so why did I sue Vermont University? They, cre- they created these two little scientists and then they gave up DARPA. They could cre- um, cre- use stem cells from frogs and they mixed it robotics. So they create their first life on the planet, artificial life. And what they want to do is, uh, is program it, and they've already programmed it to certain degrees. For it to be able to, they say, oh, it can go in and heal people, or it can do any task once, and then it can just uh, eliminate itself at any time. But what it's done, if you, if you guys recall the movie Terminator uh, 2, and that, that, T, that T2 was going after Arnold. It was more advanced. It, it, it could actually shapeshift and different things, but it was human. What this fog that's mixed with robotics or machines, what it can develop into is hybrid animal machine systems that can do what that T2 can do. More, moreover, it can also mutate and cause diseases multiple different thing, in multiple different ways around the planet. So it's, it's like the, the entire world from every direction, there's multiple risks coming out of, after humanity. So when I found extinction codes for the majority of human race, I just didn't mean one thing. I put in there drones, microbots, nanoparticles, uh, machines, robotics, bioengineering, cybernetics, conflicts, famines, and, uh, multiple different things so it's like the entire puzzle it's almost like a pandemic um, to extinct the majority human race it's coming together and everything for me first pointed at China and it's interconnection to our big tech companies and our big tech companies have, have not just with technology but anything that that deals with today's empirical sciences. So it's almost like an invasion of humanity. And I put a movie out. It's a sci-fi movie, in fact. It's called AI, the plan to invade humanity. I would recommend everyone to watch that. And I make a premise that in the 19, well, 1917, they took over Russia, the Antifa movements, and you know, that's almost six million Christians and people dying up until um, Stalin, Trotsky, and Lenin. It happened in China, over 100 million people died. Cambodia, North Korea, it went to the Middle East and it, it actually hijacked the religions and uh, they became a socialist platform and people came, fell into more misery. It tried to come to the US militarily, it, it failed. How did it take over the US? These Russian spies embed themselves in our intelligence community, in our institutes, In our sciences and our hollywood by doing this and they wrote in their notes and and their protocols that they were going to make the american people salivate and they're going to control them within one or two generations destroy their family structure destroy america from within by destroying their minds and later on they will be invaded from within and if you look at what's happened from the 50s up until today the people of today are not like they were in the 40s and 30s and 20s. It's, it's, lots change. And what you see in the streets, it is like a revival of what happened in 1917. It's a revival of what happened in China, North Korea, even Iran with the Shah. The, you know, the Shah, he, he called him martial law, but he was too afraid to, to take down these Marxist movements. And the media was pushing against them and also old companies. Now it's a little changed. It's the big tech companies that have replaced these old companies. They're the forefront of the power that's interconnecting with socialist movements. So it's like you have AI that's going after President Trump and, and the world's people. I, I wrote an article and I put out a video in February. I recommend everyone to watch and read that. It's called People Programmed to Attack Trump with Artificial Intelligence, Social Media, Google, and Smartphones. And I put three, three levels of attack. The first one is very, very uh, rudimentary. There's innate bias that forms from people's thoughts and articles and videos they put. There's no bias. The second level, I put that Wu Mao, Chinese 50 centers, which are you know paid people to social engineer the world against the US and so on. Uh, source and our socialist type media and and institutes literally engineered the narrative but also the AI coding and algorithms against the constitution, against the American people but more so against President Trump for, for him to be hated by the majority of people in the world. And what finished everybody off was the third layer. And this is all the part one of the rudimentary stage, which what I call bio digital social programming to proximity sensors. Your smartphone has an electrical field. Your body has an electrical field. As you're engaging with the smartphone on the 4G system, what you read, what you see is connecting to your nervous system, to your okay. neural networks. The AI system enforces it, and it replicates in your in your body and even in your brain. So when you're going to bed, it's altering you. Whatever you see, it's literally changing your brain chemistry. And the phone has patented technology, and so do the Google and other companies that interconnect that actually show this. That. The phone is a weapon, and whatever you see you and hear, you hear replicates inside of you, down to even your very selves. So, if you notice people love Trump, the liberals, before he came into power, uh, before he became president. Afterwards, it became to neutral, to dislike, to hate, and to to a certain point that they're they like crazy. They're crazy, in fact. That's our system as it interconnects to. To the, to the internet, the ecosystem. And and the AI code so so,
0: so, you know what you're saying is is how they've integrated that also into IIA which are interactive internet activities in order to manipulate us but I want to tell my listeners like I've pretty much said that when I was a child I was uh, part of a group of smart kids and uh, there was a program that was um, developed and it's actually still in play it's called Psych Um, and Basically, uh, the Microelectronics and Computer Tech Corporation that was actually founded um, by um, uh, Bobby Ray Inman. He was a U.S. Navy admiral. Uh, He also served as the deputy director of the CIA. He was the director of the NSA, sorry, in 1977 through 81. Then he was the deputy director of the CIA from 81 to 82. And then uh, from 91 into 93, he was part of uh, the president's intelligence advisory board. Now, in addition to that, the leadership that is now there are people that, again, were part of uh, the Bush administration's um, intelligence group. Um, it's called Psycorp. Uh their program is called Psyche. Now, Psyche is a pretty interesting program because it has some really, you know, um really weird um secrecy behind it. Me- meaning, you know, no one's talking about it. Uh there were people like the CEO of Luminuso once had said that, oh, you know, Psych is like a project that was the predecessor to IBM's Watson and IBM Watson is the predecessor to, you know, um, to Alice, et cetera, right? To all these things. But the thing is, this one is still in operation and it's still going strong. They have one of the leading ontologists, which is, uh, you know, he is um, developing and he's been doing it for, what, over 20 years. Um, His name is Dr. Shepard. He's been morphing uh, this um, AI programs, uh, the AI programs that they have in creepier ways than, you know, the head on, dead on that we see now. Obviously, AI has many facets. But their most specific one is the one that the Cleveland Clinic Foundation did and Mathcraft. You know, because I've, I've said it to my listeners too. You don't know something unless you know how to teach it, right? And so they used that in a way that their AI software targeted six-year-old students in math. And they were participating in being mentored by the child to understand how a child would learn, and so they've uh, d- delved in very nefarious aspects. This is uh, this is talking about how we think, how we respond. Because as I've said before, the predictive analytics that I do uh, treat um, humankind as a node, a variable node that can go either way because you cannot predict what humans can do. You can predict the collective um, based on all the other factors and variables, but you can't. And what artificial intelligence now, this company specifically, has been very successful at doing is trying to pinpoint how uh, artificial intelligence can pinpoint with more accuracy the responses of human beings. Now, uh, uh, saying on this, you know, how AI is coming in and it's endangering our species, aside from the vaccines, changing our genetic makeup and making us more vulnerable and, you know, how they can turn genes on and off, kind of like the the, the vaccine um, oh, a, a Gardasil, you know, it's been banned in many nations because it's been found to disable the ability for females to reproduce. And now in the right. United States of America, they're providing it to males in hopes that they can Give it to females, right? Because this HPV vaccine didn't just appear and make everyone barren. Because we have the lowest uh, reproduction rates ever. In fact, uh, if you just take Americans outside of the immigrants that are coming in, right? Americans right. from from birth to to you know from from that were born between 1975 and 1995. Uh, you know, the fertility rate has gone to a rate where we're going toward extinction. Um, if it wasn't for all these immigrants that are coming in that, you know, churn out four to five kids at a time. Um, right. And this is where, you know, people that are a little bit afraid are like, oh, my gosh, they're going to replace us. Well, they came here. They're going to be Americans, So they're not really replacing us. But the difference is, is that they didn't have to, they weren't exposed to the same vaccines the children here were and they weren't exposed to the same methods of changing and turning on and turning off genes as the children here were. So this is where we see the differences. This is why we see higher populations in nations that don't have Free and universal healthcare like India and Africa, where they're still making babies in the Middle East because they're not forced to get vaccines. They're not forced to do all these tests. Now that they are forcing them, we are seeing declines in those populations too. Now, um, since we only have about 15 minutes, I wanted to kind of touch base on, you know, how artificial intelligence, um, you know, swoops into the domain of predictive analytics or time travel. I wanted us to talk a little bit about that. Um, I know that you've talked about it too in regards to time travel. So I'd like your spin on it.
9: Yeah, so for predictive analytics, what they've done is through the AI coding, AI algorithms and and scanning um, of your thoughts and using biometrics of face, voice and other, other tools for the past 20 years, they've not only been able to understand human beings, but they can actually in a sense, form the future by training everybody like they're a mice. So they can not only predict the future, but they can create the future by using AI as it connects your social media. And laws that come in and the geopolitics of a country and the culture of the country to move a civilization and humanity against their free will in a certain direction so that's the predictive that that turns into what i call biodigital social programming in the book artificial intelligence danger to humanity i i put i put in there that yes people in the future will no, no longer be um, putting out kids there will be clones cybernetics and so on and that's just not from these vaccines that's part of it it's not just from the bioengineering but it's also from the psychological warfare that's that's been coming to United States to destroying humanity's traditional culture. Now, for time travel, that's that's sort of simple, and at the same time, it's very complicated. So, what Google AI is working on, and especially what Elon Musk wants to do, and a few other places around the world, they want to create a quantum artificial super intelligence With this. They seek to break through time, go to different galaxies, different universes, and and make changes, or maybe even live forever. By so, what Elon Musk said in 2016, he said, "We are summoning the demons of artificial intelligence." A year later, he states, "In order for us to survive, we must merge with artificial intelligence." Complete flip flop. And then he creates neural language. He wants to chip you. That's the 5G system, then the 6G, 7G, and so on. So, this 5G network where you have uh, Huawei is, is a very dangerous company, China is the most dangerous element the world the moment yeah That's but we
0: I- but we created china china was the most strategic creation ever because you know they have over they have about 20 percent of the world's population within their borders and the fact that in 1945 we helped the communists take over china uh by you know lying to the nationalists and saying that we're gonna give them weapons because we actually passed the bill there was a bill that was passed to give them weapons to help them fight off the communists. And yet here we are, we help them, we sabotage them. So, you know, China is actually us. I mean, the United States, I mean the government, you know, post Churchill that did this.
9: Uh, Yeah. You know, we did make a lot of mistakes and particularly the past 20 years when Bill Clinton, um, and I was in China when he uh, when he passed that uh, W when they became WTO and he approved it, right? And then I was in China um, during uh, 9-11, and they were they were saying death to America, and and they were parading in the hundreds of thousands in the province that I was in. They were so happy that that they initially thought fifty thousand Americans died. Um, then they were sad the next day because they, they realized it was 3,000 because the initial number of inhabitants in the two buildings was 50,000 Those was reported over there. So I experienced 9-11 while I was in China, in fact. So the, the Communist Party, it, it, it has no faith, is, is completely against faith, and they'll make sure with animals, they'll create anything. And to Huawei, Huawei is linking the BRI, One Belt, One Road, China, the Middle East, Europe, and the Far East. If it wasn't for President Trump, they'd enslave us right now. What Huawei does is the five G grid system on the ground, which which connects robotics machines, um, microbots, cybernetic enhanced soldiers, and bioengineering entities, including animals, and the vaccine system that comes in, connecting then five billion people, and they're already servicing over three billion people. Just Huawei alone is doing that. 1,500 networks. They're in Africa, many different places. Then they're, they're looking to for space wars, things like Starlink and so on. So they want to connect the 5G system from the ground up to the sky. In this sense, they challenge the entire world. So this riots that you see today, the riots that's going on, the Chinese are behind it and their support, they're supporting our big tech companies, they're supporting um different uh, corporations that are that are on the left because they want to take out president trump and they want to take out this country and they want to become the superpower and the danger of of an artificial super intelligence developing in china is a lot more than it is in this country because in this country at least we have a certain checks and balances it is a social capital system as i put in my book china is a social system which Incorporates everything into one brain. So one of the companies I investigated was face plus plus Quangxi They have a digital brain called Hutu and Hutu would would um, correlate with the say Huawei And that would mobilize their quantum technology So if they were to develop an artificial general at the very least What quantum technology not even get to artificial super intelligence in that sense they were able to potentially break through different time spaces in the interim of AGI and artificial superintelligence. Our country... Um, um, Sorry,
0: Cyrus, just one second. So for those of you that are on the live show, I'm going to continue for a few more minutes, a little bit extended with Cyrus so we can continue this topic. And I'll have that on Subscribestar um, once the show is over. Um, For all of you that are live listening, I want to wish you guys a wonderful day. I will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. And I wish you safe passage to your home with all these lockdowns. God bless from all of us here at Red State.